1: com compatibility. Covering the sports betting landscape from coast to coast, this is Betting Across America on b the sports betting network.
2: We continue betting across America presented by BetMGM. Dave Ross alongside Brady Cannon for the next three hours right here at Circus Sportsbook. And Brady, it's going to be a lot of fun doing the program with you today, my friend, because every time I see you, I think golf. <laughs> because I always just want to talk golf with you all the time. I promise the people we will talk more than just the Charles Schwab. But it is interesting because Scotty Scheffler is trying to win for the fifth time this season. It's not even June. I mean, what we're seeing in a historical sense, if he can close today, and right now he's struggling, he's tied, he's tied for the lead here, uh, giving up that solo lead,
0: is really something we haven't seen, and you and I were talking before the show began, in decades. It's really remarkable. And to think that he never even had a PGA Tour win before this season, gets his first PGA Tour win. I think his first one was TPC Scottsdale, right? right? The uh, Waste Management Phoenix Open. And then he goes to Bay Hill, wins there, of course, wins the Masters, um, wins uh, (laughs) and, and, you know, in place to win here. What was the uh, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. The match play he won. Oh, the match play. Match play. Wow. And and, I mean, and that's a major, that's a major championship yes. and a world golf championship to boot. So no, the guy is, and I saw a great tweet by our friend, Ryan Burr mm-hmm. last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan uh, does the early coverage on uh, like ESPN plus or mm-hmm. whatever they have. And he always comes on long shots. He's been a guest on our long shots program now for about three or four years in a row. And, uh, He said, you know, some of the top players in the world are in a little bit of a funk right now. DJ, Rory, Kepka, And and then you have uh, some of the up and comers that are just really trying to, you know, earn their stripes like Zalatoris and Mito and Joaquin Neiman and some of these guys. And it's like Scotty's in the perfect place at the perfect time. Wow. And not to discredit him like he's not the best player in the world right now, but maybe a better title is certainly the hottest player in the world right now. And I always wonder if those pockets, because you know this, and when you talk to
2: PGA Tour players, they always say, you kind of win them in those spur- spurts. Now, he's in one heck of a spurt, if it's just that, right? So we'll find out if this is going to be something that we're talking about two, three, five years down the road, or if it's that pocket, like when Rory won, you know, four majors right out of the jump and Jordan Spieth won his three majors in relatively short span. I don't know if this is going to translate to more major championships, but again, it's just the Charles Schwab, but yet he's right there, right now tied with Brendan Todd atop the lead. And I think the Scotty Scheffler... He just wants to keep on the winning train after missing the cut last week at the PGA Championship.
0: Well, he doesn't have a great history at this golf tournament either. He's only played it twice before, but he's missed the cut, and I think he finished like 56th. Mm. Uh, So he was actually kind of a bet against uh, for a lot of people this week. And. Uh, one of them being Paul Stone, who was our yep. guest on Long Shots this week. I know he went against Scotty Scheffler in a matchup, and it's not dead yet. I think he had Jordan Spieth against Scotty, and Jordan's putting together a pretty decent round today. But if you look at the numbers, Scheffler back into minus money territory, minus 110 at BetMGM to go ahead and win the Charles Schwab. Brendan Todd at 4-1. to one. Sam Burns making a heck of a run today, five mm-hmm. under par, excuse me, through 10 holes. And one thing that's very important about today is the wind is really blowing yes it was bad yesterday and it's supposed to be even worse today and i was gonna ask you that brady if you're gonna get in there for the people that want to hop in
2: uh in this fourth and final round here uh for the live wagering options how do you how do you kind of quantify that would you look for a guy that's out there now that might be
0: hot that can get into the clubhouse yes. post a number yes and i mean say, sam hey, burns I, you know right? you and i were talking about it about uh before the show And we're going to kind of play the the guessing game of what number is going to win this. Mm -hmm. Sam Burns is at nine under par right now. I wouldn't mind being in the clubhouse at nine under par. It's that tough out there. Now, Scotty and Todd are at 11, but uh, this wind, I think, is only going to get worse. The forecast was calling for gusts over 30 miles an hour. I mean, that is some serious difficulty uh, on a PGA Tour Pro. I've often heard that PGA Tour Pros, when it gets above 12 miles an hour, it gets their attention. And we're almost three times that. And again, right
2: now, Sam Burns, you can get Sam Burns plus 550, uh, some really good numbers. So if you want to kind of handicap it that way here, people, uh, before we get deeper and deeper into this round, that's not a bad way to look at it if you've got less holes to play. Because sometimes you say, well, they're going to run out of holes, and the leaders will go ahead and make those numbers on the back nine. To to Brady's point, it's going to get tougher than what you're seeing right now on your TV screens if you're watching on CBS because – it looks nice and docile. Yeah, the wind's a little bit up. It's going to get much worse in the afternoon, which means the scoring should get tougher for the guys trying to close, i.e., a Scotty Scheffler. So instead of, you know, maybe plus a dollar or minus a dollar ten here, Scotty Scheffler's kind of been fluctuating as the day's go has gone on. He hasn't made a birdie yet. You might not want to be on what was the the, the shortest option on the board of Scotty Scheffler earlier in the day, and certainly overnight. Because we know that they're going to get the rough end of the draw with the weather in the afternoon.
0: Well, you look at these guys that are at the bottom of the leaderboard and everybody shot anywhere from one to ten over par today. Wow. Uh, A couple guys at one under. There's a four under par for Patrick Rogers. But again, he went out really early. Uh, Sam Burns is really the outlier because he's in the he's going to be in the thick of this weather. Uh, But again, he's more than halfway through his round today, and he's five under on the round. Towards the top of the leaderboard, you've got a couple of guys at one under, minus two, but not a lot of low scores out there. And I think as this round drags on, uh, you're going to see a lot of bogeys being made. So there's something
2: to to, some food for thought. The numbers are changing drastically. (laughs) Sam Bird's now six to one. But again, only two off the lead as he plays the 11th hole. So some food for thought when you try to handicap this thing. In the live betting market, well, much more in the Charles Schwab as the day goes on. We're going to have Derek Cardy's going to join us uh, coming up in this first hour, Brady, to talk all things MLB. Looking up, see that the uh, Tampa Bay Rays have regained the lead against the Yankees. Nice come from behind win for them yesterday. Now they're up two-one on the Bombers here as they play the top of the six, But the Yankees are threatening, so we'll keep an eye on what's going on in Major League Baseball and get Derek's thoughts as well. Hour number two, Eric Snow is going to join the program. Back for a second week, great to have Eric's input for a guy that's been to the NBA Finals uh, a a bunch of times, and for two teams trying to do that today, that'll be Miami and Boston in Game 7. Very quickly, I don't know what you expected in Game 6. I did not expect that. I I like the over and that cash. I don't know if I like it today, and obviously it's been bet to the under here. As you assume Game 7, it's going to be tight. Mm -hmm. It's going to be Miami. You you assume it's going to be low scoring. Is there any way that Boston comes out and says, all right, we should have closed business game six. We didn't. Guns blazing. you think that there's going to be some nervous energy between these teams?
0: I I do think so. And, you know, what you talked about, you have to assume that there's going to be some stiffness, some nervous uh, uh, energy, Mm -hmm. some nerves, what have you, because it is game seven. And that kind of leads you towards the under. I kind of want to go the opposite of that. Right. And and I would think the over is the play because – I I think it's probably baked into the line. Mm -hmm. The bookmakers know that, you know, the typical play in a game seven is to go under. We've seen the move to the under. Uh, Now I think there's actually some value on going over the total here in this game. And that's probably the play I would be most comfortable with. I also kind of like the heat. And now you can get three. Uh, It's pretty much three across the board. I believe at circa. It's still at two and a half with Mm -hmm. a little bit of juice. But if you can get that three, who knows, by tip off, maybe you can get three and a half. Um, I I would take the home team. You know, Miami is one and two uh, at home during this series. And you can't think that's going to go on forever. Um, And one thing about Miami, you talked about uh, game six. Mm -hmm. and, And I go back also to game three, both games being in Boston that Miami won. I think they have had the biggest disrespect card handed to them really all season long, and especially (laughs) in this series with Boston. Everybody was basically handing the Eastern Conference title to Boston after they won game two. And I'm like, wait a minute. And so game three, I was like, I got to bet Miami, and I didn't end up doing it. I was on the air here. And I said, I would bet Miami just based on that that yeah. people are already writing them off and i think that's maybe the case again today obviously they were writing them off in game six um the the betters didn't necessarily that number was up to nine and you did see it come back to eight and a half right. so certainly some action there when it got to nine um but i, I just think miami I, I love eric spolstra and i i think he's a top three coach in the nba if not one of the very best uh, or if not the very best i should say um I think they find a way to reverse the curse here and, and get a win at home. All right. We'll have much more on that. Eric Snow is
2: going to join us, too. We're going to have some player props in the next segment that I want to talk to you about. But I'm w- right there with you. I could not believe the level of disrespect mm-hmm. that was kind of – everybody just ended the series. All right, yeah, Boston got game two. Now they got home court. This thing's over. Like, like no. It, you know, and if Miami was healthy – and I know Boston people can m- make the same claim. And Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum with the shoulder. Yes, these are kind of the battle of the walking wounded. But Jimmy Butler – for all intents and purposes, felt like he was a no-show for games four and five.
0: Mm-hmm. When he sure.
2: shows and when he and whatever the changes, whatever they got him to get that knee going, my goodness, what a difference. You forget what a killer Jimmy Butler can be when he's healthy. If we get game six, Jimmy Butler tonight in game seven, it could be bye-bye for Boston. Uh, in that scenario.
0: You know, I, I certainly wouldn't expect him to get 47 points again. He's going to need some help from his teammates yeah. uh, this time out. Uh, I, I do believe it will be much more of a collective effort, and that's really what Miami has to do. They can't just rely on their star to do all the dirty work for him and put up, you know, 40-plus points if they're going to win. Jimmy, he's probably going to have to get 30. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe 35. Yeah. But he's going to need some help from the supporting cast as well.
2: And it's been really impressive without Tyler Hero. I mean, that's a big part of their offense. He's
0: still questionable, right? Yeah.
2: He he may go. I don't believe he's going to play. But, yes, he is listed as questionable. But I look at it and go, you didn't have him the last two, and it really showed. Like, you could see in Game 5, like, boy, when Jimmy was hurt and Mm -hmm. then you didn't have Hero – where was the offense? And, and now you go, if
3: you could get him back, if he could Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds are like, you know who's ready to get Creighton? You know, watch Creighton.
2: play a little bit, that just helps the rotation even even deeper. Uh Vincent doesn't have to play as many minutes. I mean, you can get those guys fresher, all those things from the guard position. It'll be very interesting. But it is interesting that they've been able to kind of piece the meal of this together to get it to a game seven back at home. And that's all if you're Coach Spo, that's all you really want.
0: And and I think Lowry's key too. Yeah. You know, he's been a little banged he's been up as banged up well. Too. He needs to be, uh, and he, I don't think he's going to be 100%. He's not full strength, but he needs to gut it out and be healthy enough to contribute in a big way if they're going to move on to the NBA Finals. Unbelievable. Golden yeah.
2: State just lying in wait. Who is it going to be? We're going to find out tonight. We'll have much more on that throughout the show. And, of course, Ian Cameron's going to join us in the third hour as well as the NHL uh, playoffs and their rush to the Stanley Cup Final continues. Come on back. Just getting it started. Betting Across America right here on vs and Sports Betting Network.
4: Learn more.
1: This is betting across America on Vsin, the sports betting network.
2: Continuing the conversation, betting across America, Dave Ross, Brady Cannon coming to you from beautiful. Circa. It circa is a really nice place to come to work. Like Brady, when I come in here every day, I get mesmerized by looking at the big board behind us. Like Mm -hmm. it's just like every day. It's like first first day every day for me. Just looking at it. It's beautiful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you come in through the parking garage, you've got the Jackpots coffee shop on your (laughs) left, and and then you kind of get the vibe, the music's pumping. Oh, man. And it's especially, now today's kind of a slower sports day. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you've got a lot of baseball, you've got the Indy 500, but I mean, football Sunday, yesterday for the soccer match. It was crazy here. Yeah. So, I mean, when you have a big sporting day going on, it is really, the place is bouncing. Uh,
2: By the way, and again, I'm kind of a soccer novice, for everybody overseas, but Real Madrid, apparently their fans were chanting Michael Jordan is better to LeBron James, who is there supporting Liverpool. <laughs> now, if that, know is, that. <laughs> if that is in fact fact, that is great trolling. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that you're in the moment, Real Madrid, you win. You, that should be the focus. But the focus still at some point became about trolling LeBron. I think that's good fandom. Hilarious, right?
0: Yeah. yeah, and you know we've known that those soccer fans have gotten out of control, yes. certainly. Um, but I think for the most part, they're good fans, and you know there's nothing wrong with good heckling. That's
2: right. That's fair in the in all in love and in heckling. That is legal heckling, by the way. So we, I agree. We encourage that. <laughs> it's fun. Uh, very quickly, Charles Schwab. I look up. Scotty Scheffler's back in the solo lead. Uh, Brendan Todd had tied it up at at 11 under par here. Uh, And Shefford, by the way, is on this par train. It's something we talked about off the top of the show. If you really do want to go into the weeds here before you get to the back nine, the winds are starting to come up, Brady. Yeah, you can see Scotty's shirt there, right? It's starting to get to what you were talking about here. So – you got to think Scotty Sheffer's thinking par is a good score today.
0: Absolutely. I think if he goes to the clubhouse at 11 under, he's the winner. He's minus minus one thirty five right now mm. at BetMGM MGM to go ahead and win this. Sam Burns does have a look for birdie coming up. Looks like it's probably about 12 feet. Uh, he's at five to one. Brendan Todd, as you mentioned, dropped a shot. He's at six to one. Harold Varner dropped a shot as well. He's now at eight to one. Mm. I had Chris Kirk coming in. Chris Kirk is a hundred to one. He's dropped a shot today as well. Um, there are going to be some drop shots out here for sure with this wind, but I did add Harold Varner last night at 10 to one. I typically don't do a lot of additions, you know, before the final round and whatnot, but I just really wasn't sure if Chris Kirk was going to be able to contend. And uh, so I did add Harold Varner. I, I, Kind of toyed with Patrick Reed and Varner and I, I certainly looked I at about Scott Pat's Stallings Creed, yeah. you were telling me you looked at mm-hmm. Scott Stallings. I ended up on Varner who does not have a win on the PGA tour yet and I thought this could be the time you know it's
2: I'm so glad you brought that up because it's something for you know every Sunday when I do the show I always tell the people I love to do the final round before the final round begins mm-hmm. do your homework Saturday night and try to find if there's any value there and I backed off and I thought about Scott Stallings could have got him at around 10 to one uh, overnight. And the reason was it was almost a Scotty Scheffler factor for me, right? And then I thought about it, like, I'm not going to play minus $1.25 and Scotty right. Scheffler coming into this. So I weighed off, uh, no action today. But I do find that if you feel like the PGA Championship, and I thought it was a perfect spot last week when you had four guys at the top of the leaderboard Saturday night that had never, not only won a major, had never right. won the PGA Tour. And I thought that was the type of spot, and I did not have Justin Thomas, I wish I did, I would worry McIlroy. And Rory, by the way, made his run. He did. And he got it as close. To, he got to four and a par. Remember, the winners go, they went to the, to the playoff at five under. Right. So I felt like the handicap was right. It didn't get there with Rory, but it got there with JT. This week's is different because Scotty Sheffer now, to me, is a guy that I go, I don't know if he's going to close, but I don't expect him to fall apart.
0: Right. I I don't expect him to fall apart at all, but the wind is such a factor. I think that was a very difficult part of the handicap. And Scotty Scheffler, I talked about this on uh, the Bet Center on Saturday, Scotty Scheffler is one of the higher ball hitters on the PGA Tour. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily a good attribute when you're playing in the wind. Uh, It's something great if you're at Augusta National and some of these very difficult golf courses where the greens are very firm and fast. You want to come in on a very high approach and land that ball softly. Uh, But in the wind, I think you want a much more boring, penetrating ball flight. And Scotty Scheffler doesn't really have that. He's going to have to try and employ it today, I believe, with the breezes out here in Fort Worth at Colonial Country Club. But at the same time. Scotty Scheffler's been around this course a thousand times. He went to University of Texas, just like Jordan Spieth, who's, you know, just – maybe been the biggest horse for this course of anybody on tour. Uh, probably Jordan Spieth here at Colonial, who does have a win and a couple of second-place finishes. So, Scotty, this is only his third time playing uh, here competitively on the PGA Tour, but you got to figure he knows his way around this track and, of course, the Texas background. I'm sure he knows how to play in the wind around that part of the country as well.
2: Uh, you know, shout-outs to long shots. I always say this with you, Wes Reynolds, Matt Humans. I think you guys do great work each and every week to, to get – Guys that are, if they can close, it's so hard to win in the PGA Tour. Even a bigger tip of the cap, but always got guys that are right around there. I do also want to give a shout-out to Mito Pereira this week. Yeah, great job. I, I mean, this guy, after what he went through publicly, with all of the golfing world watching him collapse on 18 at the PGA Championship last week, to come back and put together a really good showing. He's not going to get there, I don't believe. Uh, as I'm looking at the live number now, he's about 100 to 1 now, but... You know, does that change your handicap for future events when you see a bounce back effort like that in a spot where I think it would have been easy for him emotionally to kind of have that adrenaline dump and be like, man, I, I'm still in the 18th hole from a week ago. That didn't happen. He made a nice little run yesterday and having a good round again today.
0: Now, his ability to put that in the rear view mirror is incredibly impressive. And as far as, you know, taking it into account in the future for different handicaps. I think it's really difficult to ever land on a guy the following week after something like that happens. Mm. So I don't know if that's going to change for me. But what will change for me, and I, I've I've been aware for of Mito Pereira for probably sure. almost a year now. Right. I have actually never made a bet on Pereira yet, mm. but but the what he's done in the last couple of weeks really starting to get my attention. And you're not gonna see the big prices on him anymore. Now he's at 125 to one in the live market. By the way, Sam Burns made that birdie. He is now oh. a shot off the lead. At ten under par, he's at six under for the day, and we said if this guy can get to the clubhouse at nine under, now he's at ten. Boy, he is going to put a lot of pressure on these leaders coming down the stretch in that wind. But uh, no, a ton of respect and uh, a lot of congratulations due for Mito Pereira.
2: Okay, I'm s- back to Sam Burns because now you get me really intrigued there. <laughs> so I'm seeing still five to ones out there that you
0: can get them. I, I, I see a six. I- Maybe he blew it, you know, into the trees off the next tee or something but, like but that. But
2: still, like that to the point of post a number mm-hmm. like getting the club out sam burns is going to have the opportunity to do that he's playing the 12th hole Scotty sheffer is still on 5 yeah so normally again in the handicap certainly in the live betting market is i want the guy with more opportunity that might not be the case today.
0: Might be Great complete, point, Dave. Right? I totally agree with that. Yeah, you want to get a guy to the house, I think, as soon as possible get in today, there. <laughs> <laughs> and let let these guys just unravel down the stretch. No, I, I think that's very true uh, for today. And again, uh, so we'll
2: keep an eye there as Sam Burns is again already on his back nine, and the leaders here still uh, just beginning uh, midway through the front nine. Uh, Harold of the third, a guy that you did a, a play in uh, before. Uh, we You hopped into the final round today. He has not won yet in the PGA Tour, but he has shown signs, and he's been around here. Do you like him in this chase position where a lot of times I like yeah. when Harold's out there in front, he feels the oh, weight yeah. of that, and now there's no pressure on him. It's all on Scotty Scheffler.
0: Absolutely. I, I do not. I mean, Harold Varner, one of the things I look at if I'm going to dive in on the final round or if I'm looking at a first-round leader, I look at you know the average scoring of these guys. Uh, per round, you know, who is who goes low typically in the first round, you know, first round scoring and then also final round scoring and to your point, Harold Varner doesn't rank very high in final round scoring. We've nope. seen him fall apart a lot. You remember the PGA Championship oh when he played with Brooks Kepka. Now he does have a win worldwide, not on the PGA Tour, but earlier this year in January, I think it was the Saudi Invitational, where he made that bomb of a putt, 90 feet or something like that to avoid a playoff with Bubba Watson. Uh, so I think that's a big deal for Harold, that he got that victory. Now it's time to win uh, stateside, and again the final round is typically his bugaboo he has dropped a shot, or actually he's even par for the day Uh, he got it to 10 under, now back to 9 but um, I think I just felt last night going through all my handicap of who I might land on for, you know, to add one here. I already have Chris Kirk. It doesn't look like he's going to get there. And I kind of want to add, wanted to add one more guy. And I just felt like Harold Varner might be ready to get his first victory.
2: Looks like he's going to have a tap in par on six, you remain two back of Scotty Scheffler. We mentioned the number on Sam Burns. And great point here. It's now drifted to 10 to one. Because he right, must have <laughs> he blew it right into the trees just oh, like he? he predicted. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so maybe that's why you're seeing those numbers. But again, depending on what happens here, let's just say theoretically he makes a bogey here on on twelve and drops back to nine. Nine is still a
0: playable number. Nine was the number we said. We said, "Oh, get to the clubhouse and post a nine. Uh, that's not too shabby. Not at all. So again, that's going to be." I, To me, it's so fun on a
2: PGA Tour Sunday when you have a lot of golfers in contention to watch the board and the live pricing because it switches based on a shot, Mm -hmm. like we just saw with Sam Burns. Yeah, Burns now at 11. To one wow so again it is drifting. i mean he was five just a second ago right when we began the conversation about a good number scotty Shepherd, by the way looks like he's gonna pull his t-shot on six yeah that's gonna go wayward so he's in the that. schmutz in the schmutz when we come back let's talk a little nba game number seven some player prop scenarios that you might like come on back it's betting across america right here on these the sports betting network
1: is Betting Across America
2: on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. The VSN Summer Special is here. For only $39, you get everything VSN has to offer from now to the end of July. The next few months are going to be filled with the best betting content in the biz right here at Veeson.com, and subscribers are going to have access to all of it, including Adam Burke's daily MLB best bets. Jonathan Von Tobel's got best bets all the way through the NBA Finals. Andy McNeil is going to break down all the action on the ice all the way through the Stanley Cup. Finals, and we're going to have lots of NFL preseason coverage, not to mention continued best bets and premium articles covering golf, UFC, USFL, and NASCAR. If you want the full VEASAN experience which features a daily best bets email, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, use of our betting tools in a live video stream, whenever you want it, the cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st, so sign up now at VEASAN.com slash summer. Back alongside Brady Cannon, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America right here on VEASAN. We look up and, Brady, for a second, I got pretty excited because I thought you were running fourth in the Indianapolis 500. I am. It's Tony Cannon <laughs> instead of Brady Cannon. Cannon with a K, indeed. <laughs> well, we are getting down to the nitty-gritty there for the race for the milk to see who's going to get it uh, in uh, at the Indianapolis 500. But we do have a caution now. I believe right now four laps to go. Uh, Marcus Erickson's in the lead, and I believe our own. Wes Reynolds is on Marcus
0: Erickson. The Indiana man himself, Wes Reynolds, indeed on Marcus Erickson at 17 to 1. Wow. So, uh, Wes taking the weekend off. I imagine he's on his couch sweating this one out. <laughs> By the way, uh, shout out to Wes. Always great to have him on with us.
2: He did have Justin Thomas last week, too, at the PGA yeah, Championship. Absolutely. And now trying to go uh, back to here for the Indianapolis 500. We'll keep you updated on whether or not Marcus Erickson can get that done. Uh, we mentioned the golf here. Scotty Sheffer still holding on uh, to a slightly, it looks like he's in a little bit of trouble here on the sixth hole. And you mentioned four, five, and six are really the holes in
0: this golf course here at the Charles Schwab that really show their teeth. Yeah, I think that's called the horrible horseshoe, something the horseshoe, mm-hmm. uh, and I believe it is holes four, five, and six uh, so, Harold Varner, the guy I'm keeping an eye on, he got through four, five, and six, even par. He's even par on the day at nine under for the tournament, and he is eight to one to win it. Okay. The price has come down a little bit on Scotty Scheffler. He was at minus 135. He did drive his ball left into the rough. He is still minus money at minus 125. And Sam Burns has come back down to nine to one. So, 11 certainly was a good uh, price on Sam Burns. Absolutely. So, we'll keep a watchful eye of all things going on there. Uh, we mentioned the NBA off the top of the show, and obviously, when you have a
2: game seven tonight, all eyes will be on Boston in Miami down there in South Beach. And I do want to, we'll, we'll show you some of the player prop scenarios. And I think what the exercise for me, Brady, is, and I'm not a big prop player, but it really h- helps me handicap the game, and, yeah. and it certainly totals. Like if I believe when you look at some of these prop totals for, for Jason Tatum, uh, like you look looking, he's got 28 and a half. Jalen Brown, 23 and a half. Jimmy Butler, 28 and a half. Bam Adebayo, 15 and a half. Like to me, in order to get that over, I got to like some of these overs on some of these player props. They've, they've got to be correlated, right? So Jimmy Butler is the first one that jumps off the page for me because we mentioned, look, you can't expect 40 plus, mm-hmm. but you said you got to get 30. Yep. If Miami's going to go ahead and get there, and that would give the over on Jimmy Butler 28 and a half. Do you worry that what we saw in games four and five where the knee, he had no elevation, right? It's Like, I don't think you and I are having a conversation whether or not we're doubting Jimmy Butler. It's really we're just doubting or questioning the health of Jimmy Butler. That'd be the only reason that gives me pause for one of those player props from Jimmy Butler, because if he's healthy, I think it's a lock that he gets to 30.
0: Yeah, the, the tough thing about this one here is off of his performance in game six, it's likely that this number is a little bit inflated. Yes. You know, because the public or or the casual observer here is going to react. Oh, Jimmy had 47 last game. Of course, he's going to go over 28 and a half. And I would typically want to go the other way. But mm. I'm with you in your thinking. You know, I I kind of think Miami is in a good spot in this game. And I agree. Jimmy's probably going to have to get 30 if they're going to win. I probably would stay away from that one because I've got conflicting reports in my head, right? (laughs) And, you know, you made a good point that oftentimes looking at the uh, player props helps you handicap a game. I think the reverse is true, too. When you have a handicap of a game, I typically do this with the Super Bowl. I have an idea of the way the game is going to play out, and then I will play the prop bets accordingly, Mm -hmm. right? So I I think it kind of goes both ways. Bam at a bio is interesting to me. I think possibly over 15 and a half points, I don't know if I would go over nine and a half rebounds, but I think he's probably got to get to 16, 17, 18 points if this team is going to advance to the finals as well.
2: You know, and I, I've been, I don't want to say critical of Bam Adebayo in this series, but when you look at Boston, and there's not a whole lot, right? Al Horford's been good, but he's
0: undersized, right? He's it, amazing. Man. He, he is amazing. I don't know it how it. seems he's like he's it. been around forever. He has been. I
2: mean, <laughs> like when, when you look at when Florida was winning national championships yeah. and Al Horford's on those teams... Look at all those guys that were on the, they're all long gone. Absolutely. And he's still, he's still kicking and, and, and kicking. still really good. Right. And that's, that's the amazing thing for me is that he's out there right now and he's been a difference maker. So like if Al Horford shows up, then bam out of bio and that prop could be a problem, right? Yes. But yes. bam out of bio is the guy that when he plays well, they win. I agree. Like, and, when he's good, he's, their team is really good. And that correlates, again, that you kind of like Miami. Certainly, if you can grab three right now, we're still seeing two and a half at BetMGM. But if you, you can find some threes out there, then that, again, will help you correlate, assuming that the, the idea is that Bam Adebayo is going to play well. Conversely, for the Cs, we know they're big, too. And they are big. And that's Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown is, is a guy a little bit on the smaller end here, 23 and a half. Tatum, you got to get 29 in that player prop. Is it one of those things where Miami, they got a very good defense? They say, all right, maybe we take away
0: one if we can't take away both. I would expect Jason Tatum to bounce back with a good game. He he was not that great no. in Game 6, and we've seen him have his struggles on occasion. It seems to be Game 3 that is always his bugaboo, uh, bugaboo for Jason Tatum. It turned out to be Game 6, uh, the most recent addition. I would expect him to bounce back. I would probably take his point total over 28.5. Mm. Jalen Brown, I'm not sure. Um, I, I tell you what, if they both go over their point total, they're probably going to win the game, right? And
2: there's the handicap side of this coming yeah. into play here, too. Uh, by the way, Jason Tatum. Look, the guy's great. I think he's, he's becoming a star. He's becoming a star. My question is, is he hurt? Is that the reason? Because the shoulder, we've seen this. He's he had to come out of games. I get it. Everybody's hurt to some degree. Jimmy's got the knee, mm-hmm. right? Marcus Smart's got some knee issues as well. And when he plays, their team is different. We talked about Tyler Hero. We don't know if he's going to be able to go. So this really is, it's the anti-Golden State this is the walking wounded in the East. Meanwhile, Golden State's just sitting there licking their chops, getting healthier, as if they, that was never really even a concern for that team because they're pretty healthy. As healthy as they've actually gotten healthier with Klay Thompson as the year has gone on.
0: Yeah, you know, Golden State, and, and I thought this was maybe going to be the case for Phoenix, too. Remember when Chris Paul went out late in the year, right. and I thought, this is perfect. He's going to have about an eight week rest Rehab. before the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't work out for Phoenix, as we all know, but Golden State had a similar scenario. Draymond Green missed a large portion of the season before the very end. Steph Curry missed uh, some time before the very end. Klay uh, Thompson has been basically kind of weaned back into the yeah. system. You know, so they they really were able to get their rest in the latter half of the regular season and, and came out pretty darn fresh for the playoff run. So, yeah, you're right. Golden State's in a good position health-wise, much more so than the Celtics and the Heat um, th- these player props on Tatum and Brown, I, I if I, you know, the, the four on this list, mm-hmm. I think the I, two, I think I would jump on over on Jason Tatum at 28 and a half and over on Bam Adebayo at 15 and a half. Yeah, I, I like- expect both of those guys to have games. Jalen Brown and Jimmy Butler. I just don't know. And I think, again, you kind of like the over in this game. uh, I do. So I think that
2: correlates, too, that if you think Jason Tatum's going to have a big game, that might not be good enough to win, Mm -hmm. but it should be good enough to get that over. If, again, Jimmy Butler doesn't have to get you 40, he would have to get you 29 in this player prop scenario. But I'm with you. That might be a little bit inflated because of what he did uh, in the last game, and that heroic effort in game six. Uh, Very quickly, Brady, I just look up. And I see Scotty Scheffler has made a bogey.
0: Yeah, and Sam Burns might be making worse. He, no. Yeah, that that's a rough blow right there for Sam Burns backers. Uh, he made a bogey. He was able to escape with bogey Which on that That's all loss. you wanted. No problem. And then he goes to the par three. I want to say it was the 14th hole or so. Uh-oh. Uh, and it looks like his ball rolled off the green and into the water. I can't confirm that just yet. Let, let's look at the line. Uh-huh. That'll confirm it for you, all Right. Well, I'm seeing some eight-to-ones, but I'm sure that's going to change
2: if – if that because it did look like it was begging into the water as we were watching here off of our CBS feed, uh, we're trying to get you those those best numbers. By right, the way, my uh, my tournament feed is is locked up, so maybe they're adjusting. And by the way, Scotty Sheffer now, I'm seeing plus a dollar sixty five. Mm, like wow. think about that flip in the market prices, right? That you start off the day here at Circa, I know he was minus one thirty five overnight to go right. with, with that
0: two-shot lead. I think I saw as high as 155 Woo! yesterday, maybe during the tournament. And now
2: he's tied with Brendan Todd. They are playing the seventh hole. Sam Burns, as you mentioned, they're at nine, but he's in trouble. He's and back to 11-1 to one at Sam Burns. Wow, that didn't take long. And
0: by the way... Harold Varner the third, and the feed just went out, and there, and, 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 and he, he made a made putt. It, that is two back. putts in two days. No, I, no. Wes Reynolds and I always joke that I have never seen Harold Varner make a putt. I mean, you didn't see it, right? You didn't see it
2: because <laughs> I did. The feed sucked, went it flashed back the on. The feed when it went black. <laughs> So we didn't know if it went in or not. And then we came back. And we saw him put the arm up. He got it to go. So Harold he's Varnell, a ten under. He's tied for the lead. How about that? So you got a good number on
0: Harold Varno overnight. Ten He's to four one, to right? one right now. Live. Ooh, that's a great number. Come on, HV.
2: <laughs> when we come back, Derek Cardi is going to join the program. Talk all things Major League Baseball. Come on back. Betting across America, right here on VCN, the Sports Betting Network. this is betting across america on Sin, the
1: sports betting network
2: BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you're going to earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk-free tokens. Plan a trip to Vegas? Come on out. Convert those BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms. At over 20 MGM Resort properties located on the Las Vegas trip and nationwide, BetMGM Rewards is sports Betty's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks. When you wager on the BetMGM app, sign up with BetMGM and log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit betmgm.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back alongside Brady Cannon, I am Dave Ross. This is Betting Across America, and I do believe we have a winner at the Indy 500, and is that winner's name? is Wes Reynolds.
0: Yeah, exactly. Wes Reynolds <laughs> hits Marcus Erickson, and I don't know if this is completely <laughs> official yet, uh, but the broadcast there showing that uh, he has crossed the finish line and wins the Indy 500, wow. the final lap just completing about a minute ago, and Marcus Erickson, it looks like, is going to yep. cash for Wes Reynolds at 17-1. to 1. Hats off at Indy. Pretty cool seeing everybody take the hats off salute to Marcus Erickson. Yeah, Marcus got the hand up.
2: That's going to be your victory. What'd you say? Get him at 17, 17. Line? Nice price. Ooh, good number. Wes Reynolds. He is hot, hot, hot right now. It is a pleasure to be joined once again by Derek Carty, MLB betting analyst. And uh, Derek, let's see if we can stay hot here in Major League Baseball. As the temps have gone up here, we've seen runs go up. Not so much today here on the Sunday, as we're seeing a lot of games right now lean towards the under in the early action. Have you seen to, to you, are you still finding values in overs or do you think this is something we're going to have to watch as the temperatures rise?
4: Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a weather thing that we're seeing right now. Like temperature has a pretty extreme correlation to run scoring as it starts to get hotter, which we have seen the last you know week or so. Run scoring is going to go up. We see it every year. The link is very clear. And uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're seeing games now in the eighties, in the nineties, the Arizona had the roof open at hundred the other night. <laughs> like we're, uh, we're starting to see high temperatures. And as a result, we are going to see runs go up once you kind of account for the, the weather. Um, I don't know if the ball itself is uh is necessarily like any different than what we saw earlier in the year. Like the adjusted numbers from recently are pretty similar to, you know, to the adjusted numbers from earlier this year, but you know that temperature is going to make, you know, a big difference as we get into the summer months.
0: Derek, do you take into account, and we're talking about some of the games here on Sunday, Dave just mentioned that uh, a lot of them right now look like they're going to stay under the total. Do you think there's something to the handicap there, Sunday being for most teams, Mm -hmm. a getaway day, kind of the end of the series, maybe you get a bullpen effort or what have you. It's just kind of a different dynamic. And do you take that into account and possibly look at unders just specifically on a Sunday?
4: Yeah, absolutely. You know, you want to account for everything organically. You don't want to just say it's a Sunday. I'm just going to hit the under on everything. But we do see a lot of times on Sundays, it's a getaway day. It's a day game after a night game and we see teams resting their stars or even just resting their their starting catcher and they have a really bad backup catcher in the lineup or you know some of their their veteran players are just they're going to take a breather today and so they roll out a lesser quality lineup and guess what fewer runs get scored because of it so again you don't just want to hit every single one but if you notice okay you know this team just ran out a really weak looking lineup uh, especially if you can hit the line before it moves you know, you can definitely find a lot of value on Sundays playing that angle.
2: Talking with Derek Cardi, follow him on Twitter at Derek Cardi. And Derek, let's talk about what a very interesting series uh, this weekend with Toronto in L.A. taking on the Angels. And Jose Barrios has been a guy that I know a lot of people have have liked to fade, uh, certainly after the the beginning of his uh, season. He's gotten off to to a bit of a rocky start. But when you look at some of the teams that he played and had a pitch against He went up against some of the best of the best. He's going to have another tough lineup here in the Angels today. What do you make of the Blue Jays on the road against uh, Patrick Sandoval?
4: Yeah, I mean, Barrios obviously has not been good this year. The surface numbers haven't been good. The peripherals haven't been good. But he has faced Boston twice. He's faced New York twice. He's faced Houston. He's had some tough matchups. Um, I don't think he's anything fantastic at this point. I'm actually a little more inclined to believe that he's actually less of a pitcher than what we thought he was coming into this year. Um, So yeah, I, uh, if I'm going to play an angle in this game, I think the over looks, looks pretty appealing. Mm -hmm. Um, It looks like the most lines are about eight runs right now. My projection system thinks it should be about nine runs here. And so, um, you know, I think the money lines look pretty fair. I think there's probably negative value betting it either way. But if I was going to bet this game, I think the over is probably where you can find a little bit of edge.
0: Derek uh, Taylor Ward being back in the lineup for the Los Angeles Angels this evening. He goes to the top of the lineup there with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Otani was listed as questionable on Saturday, but expected to be in the lineup today. Is that part of your thinking on going over the total as
4: well? Yeah, that's certainly part of it. Like, you look at the Angels lineup, and uh, I mean, the the back half of their lineup is always kind of weak, but all the main guys are in there. They're not resting Mike Trout today because it's a Sunday. You know, Taylor Ward is back, like you said. So, um, that's definitely part of it. Where we're not kind of seeing that uh, that Sunday you know lineup for them. Toronto, there there's a couple holes in there. There's some guys sitting. It looks like, but this is still uh, I think a spot where it's a little more likely to go over than under.
2: You know, the Pirates and Padres continue their series. Going to wrap it up today in San Diego. Not a lot of runs scored so far in this series over the weekend here. Uh, you got a small total here with Mackenzie Gore on the bump uh, of seven. Uh, and obviously the Padres right now about minus $1.80 is what I'm seeing here uh, in in the about um, uh, minus 200 now. It's getting inflated here at BetMGM. I know you like a a prop for Mackenzie Gore today. What do you think that should be?
4: Yeah, Gore's strikeout prop, um, a decent amount here, especially if you can find it at a good number. I see it at a whole bunch of different numbers across books, but if you can find it like 5.5, negative 105, maybe negative 110, uh, I like this quite a bit. Gore is a really talented young pitcher. Took a little bit of time to kind of come into his own, but he's a really talented pitcher. He's been given a really long leash this year, uh, which has been which has been nice. He he projects in this matchup. He's facing the Pirates. Let's be honest. The Pirates offense (laughs) is not good. So he projects for extra efficiency today. Should see a longer leash, go deeper into the game as a result of that. The Pirates lineup is the fourth most strikeout heavy of the day. He has a pitcher's umpire. He's in a solid enough park for strikeouts. He's got some of the better weather of the day. There's just a lot of things um, working in his favor today that I think uh, I think the over looks pretty good here. Well, Derek, I hope you're
0: right. I hope he strikes out everybody today because uh, <laughs> I played the under in this game. You know, Contreras for the Pirates is not a bad young up-and-coming prospect as well. Uh, just 1-0 on the year, but this is a guy not a lot of people in Major League Baseball have seen at all, let alone the lineup for the San Diego Padres today. And I always kind of like that angle when you're facing a pitcher that you've never seen before. I think that's tough on hitters. So I- I'm with you there as far as the strikeouts on Gore. I hope he Gets there because I like this game to stay under the total. These teams, you talked about the pa, the Pirates' offense. Uh, neither of these teams have been scoring a lot of runs during this series.
4: Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I actually I like the under here as well. Uh, at least in the afternoon set, my projection system thinks this is the you know the second most likely game to go under. So I'm I'm with you there. Contreras is is a good prospect, like you said. Maybe not like a household name yet, but. There's a lot of talent in both of these arms here. The last game of the board tonight
2: features the Metropolitans at home against the Phillies. And, Derek, as a Metropolitan fan, I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop, and it's just not dropping. (laughs) And and somehow they're still scoring runs in the process, like they did yesterday against uh, Philadelphia. Should I get nervous? Or, look, you got Bassett on the bump going up against Zach Wheeler. What do you make of the Metropolitans today?
4: Um, honestly, I grew up a Mets fan also, (laughs) and I, I, think they're performing over their head as well. I'm expecting them to come back down to earth. I think the Braves and the Phillies are both better teams, especially given the injuries that the Mets, um, are dealing with right now. Um, it's one of these games where I think, I don't think there's a lot of value either way, but if I was going to bet aside, I think there's maybe a tiny bit of edge on the Philly side. And, again, um, and there was there was good edge on Wheeler's strikeout prop earlier today, but that's moved by now. I still think you can probably, if you find the right number, the under at six and a half is still okay. Because um, the Mets are a low strikeout offense, but yeah, it's one of those games where uh, it doesn't look like there's a ton of value to be had.
0: I'm hoping Derek's right again because uh, I made a small play on the Phillies. I tried the Phillies on Saturday. That didn't work. Your mm-hmm. Mets won 8-2, to two, but I'm going to go back to the well with the fighting Phils today.
2: I, and, you know, that's interesting, though, Derek, because, again, you, you, you assume that Scherzer's going to come back. You assume that DeGrom's going to come back. And if that's the case, it's going to be hard to fade this team in the second half, but I'm with Derek. You, you kind of, you're waiting I for the I think now's the
0: time. Derek, what do you think? Do we have about a three or four week window here before McGill, before Scherzer, before these guys get back where that bullpen is got to be experiencing some taxation? Uh, just about 10 seconds left here, my friend. I'm sorry. But I think now might be the window to fade the Mets.
4: Yeah, I kind of think so, too. I I like the Phillies just as a team more than the Mets right now.
2: All right, the last 30 seconds will be stricken from the record books.
4: Derek, really (laughs) appreciate the conversation,
2: as always. When we come back, we have drama at the Charles Schwab, and another fighter has entered the fray, if you will. We'll discuss when you come back with us right here on the sports betting Network.